House of Cards, Season 3, Episode 6, Chapter 32 is over, but we're just getting started here on House of Cards, the post-show recap. And now here are the two guys who won't be leaving their scarves around anytime soon. I'm Rob Sestino. Here is Zach Brooks. Zach. What are you looking at, Rob? (laughs) Michael Corrigan. No. We hardly knew him. Stupid Michael Corrigan. Stupid, uh, stupid Michael Corrigan. Is he a coward or is he brave? He is a coward. Oh, look at you. Yeah, he's a coward. I mean, this this was foreshadowed pretty early in. Early on. Why? Did we see the back of his head? No, we saw um, uh, Thomas, the, the writer, was talking about his friend who committed suicide and said it was selfish. Yeah. And as soon as they dropped Chekhov's suicide, I was like, all right. I thought it was going to be later in the season, but uh, we got it the first day. Yeah, boy. This was an episode where uh, we spent a lot of time with Claire and Michael Corrigan and hearing his story. And uh, at the same time, Frank and Petrov were working things out. And just when it looked like Frank had everything figured out, uh, the old uh, Michael Corrigan goes ahead and commits suicide with Claire's scarf right under her nose. Claire must be a deep sleeper. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to get into that right now? Do you want to just jump right into that? <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, just set this up. Of course, this is our uh, season three, episode six recap of House of Cards. Uh, we are trying to burn through season three as fast as we can. You can subscribe to our House of Cards recap feed here on Post Show Recaps at postshowrecaps.com slash HOC iTunes. All right. Uh, yeah. Jump into it. Where, where, where do you want to start? I mean, I think we got to start with Claire Underwood well, I mean, being a we- deep sleeper. Yeah, let's just go right into that. Um, right, wh- I mean, what are my, you saying? Plot hole? Or are you saying that uh, you want to talk about something from the story? I mean, I don't know. Part of me wonders if he killed himself or did she? Was this her plan? Is this all her plan? Or did she no kill way. him? No, she can't. I mean, she. why would she want Michael? Co- do you think she left the scarf out intentionally for to let him do that? I mean, I think this. I, I don't know. It, it, I mean, she seemed really upset about it. So I started, I wrote that down in my notes when I first saw the scene and I started doubting it. But I don't know. This is definitely a big move for her in terms of confronting Frank. And um, I don't know. I mean, is this part of a bigger plan for her? I don't know. I hated what Claire did. I was, I was mad at her too. I was just as mad as Frank Underwood was. I mean, it completely showed that she's an awful diplomat. And I wonder if she'll still have that position. She is terrible, terrible. And she was trying to like, you know, um, justify what she did to Frank, that she was a hero, but she just created so many problems. Uh, And, you know, Frank, you know, he believed in her. He made her the ambassador. He didn't have to. And this is how she repaid him. It was a really ballsy move to do that. I, it was very dramatic. I mean, she like, she like says it drops the mic and runs off stage. She, she should not have done that. No, no. Um, let's actually start with the fight. Overall, I felt like the Claire and Michael Corrigan stuff. I was, you know, a little bored. I felt like they spent too much time uh, in there. Ultimately, like I understand where it was going now, but I felt like, uh, you know, the journey was long with Claire and Michael Corrigan. Yeah, it was definitely uh, a lot of time spent in there. I mean, they're trying to really drive home the point that Corrigan spoke to Claire and, um, I think he really touched her and she saw a side of herself that she didn't she didn't realize, you know, being trapped as Frank's wife and there's nothing she can do about it. I don't know, but I was just like, just make the statement. Let's get out of here. Let's get back to the US. I mean, I 
if I was in that position, if I'm ever in a prison in Russia and all I have to do is make a statement and I can go home. Yeah. I'll say whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll go home and then I'll, I'll go home and I'll speak out about it when I'm in back fact, on American soil. I, I'd like to read a prepared statement, Zach. All right, go for it. Thank you everyone for, for listening to this. Uh, I would like to say I am a big, stupid idiot. I am dumb and I suck. And I would have to say that um, all of my critics are correct and uh, everything I've ever done is wrong. Thank you very much for your time. I'm out. Yeah, Enjoy how your hard freedom. is that? Yeah, you did it. I Congrats. did it. I did yeah. it. And yeah, and guess what? I'm going to get, I get the podcast tomorrow now. And you can say whatever you want on your podcast tomorrow and say, oh, I was lying about all of that. Psych, kidding. You got <laughs> Fingers crossed. Joke, 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 joke. Um, <laughs> bazinga. <laughs> Anyway, so like uh, Michael Corrigan, um, I get it. I get it. You know, he was trying to, you know, he, he had a statement, but it almost seemed like, you know, he was like depressed about his relationship. And, and that was like uh, a big part of the reason. Yeah, it, it was interesting because I can't remember if I brought this up yesterday, but in the episode or maybe it was a couple days ago when the episode where Dunbar is with Jonathan, his husband, Jonathan talks to the guy in Iowa and the guy says, I'm so sorry about your husband. And the camera lingers on Jonathan and he gives a really weird look like he's very uncomfortable with that. And I didn't understand at all what that was about. I was like, well, is this not actually Michael's husband? Is there something else going on here? And we got the answer tonight that they were not close anymore. Yeah, I wonder if Michael Corrigan like met a new guy. Maybe if he would, he would have wanted to go on. Yeah, I, I mean, he didn't. He didn't seem like he had anything like that he wanted to get back to. And um, a really interesting concept too—the idea that he fought so long for marriage equality and doesn't want to be married to this man <laughs> anymore. Yeah, I mean, it. I thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's like the oldest joke with like all like the prop eight and like legalized marriage, where it's like, hey, I, like I don't even want to be married. You know, yeah. Um, like, believe, trust me, I'm married. It sucks. Um, but I guess for Michael Corrigan, it really was uh, a bit of a downer. And I think that that's the part that really touched Claire where, you know, she's also in a position where she's in this marriage and there's nothing. She can't leave her marriage either. No, she's stuck. Uh, that being said, I want to talk about that fight that they that Claire and Frank have on the plane, because that was, I thought, the high point of the episode for me, at least. Uh, they really get into it where, you know, he starts, you know, he almost like opens the conversation with her and he's like, uh, Claire. And she's like, don't Francis. Like she's mad at him. Yeah. And that was, that scene was great. Cause they built it up for about 30 seconds where you see her and she leaves her room and she tells the, uh, she tells Thomas to go away cause he's not staff. And yeah. you're just like, Oh boy, something's about to go down in here. And he's pissed because he finally had a breakthrough with Petrov and he says to her, you know, you know, how could you do this to me? Like all of the negotiations that we did as you're the first lady, you're the ambassador. And most of all, as my wife. And she's like, in what order? Yeah. I mean, she wanted to be the ambassador. Yeah. So I, I don't know what she's, what is she complaining about? I would have been like, you had to be the ambassador, right? <laughs> you had to say something. Yeah, Claire. Yeah, I, I think she's got bigger moves up her sleeve. I think this was, I don't know, something, something's going on here. I don't know what exactly it is. Yeah, I don't even know what she was talking about. She was like, there was something undeniable that I would not deny him. And he's like, what are you talking about, Claire? Yeah. Stop it. I mean, and like she gave her a prepared speech and 
she pauses and she doesn't walk away from the microphone and you're just like, oh, she's going to do something stupid. Yeah. And, you know, Frank says, look, nobody forced him to protest in Moscow. Nobody like she says we're murderers, Frank. I mean, and he says we're survivors. We're survivors. Hey, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Um, and they talk about the uh, the courage of Michael Corrigan. Uh, is it courage to do what he did or is it courage to do what Frank does and not say what you want to say? Which is the courageous thing? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I think that's probably more courageous to speak up. I think, you know, you hear the the story of they came for they came for this and I said nothing. They came for this. I said nothing. They came for me and there was no one left to say anything. Yeah, but I feel like it's both like, I mean, if you like take a look at somebody like a Jackie Robinson, you know, um, like his courage was not saying what he wanted to say. I'm sure he had a lot of things he would have liked to have said at the time to people that were, you know, doing yada, yada, yada. And he did not speak. Uh, he did not like uh, tell people off because that would have hurt his cause. Um, so, you know, I feel like there's two sides to this. Yeah, I felt like it was Frank rationalizing to himself, maybe. Yes, that would be obscene into the palatable. Yeah, yeah, it was that Dunbar Dunbar called him out on that. Yeah. And then at the end, Frank says to her, I should have never made you the ambassador. And she said, I should have never made you president. Now, how much do you feel like is Claire on point with uh, how much did she make him president? I mean, she definitely played a role in it. And I mean, they've really been kind of a team this whole way through. Uh, I was trying to think of specific times that she actually played a hand in making him president. I mean, definitely befriending Trisha, yeah. the first lady. She did a lot with the first lady. That was yeah, really in gaining their trust. And, and also um, with the general, with, you know, accusing the general on national TV of raping her. And, um, you know, that, that, that I think that probably I think that probably played a role in in in. Uh, Frank becoming president. I'm trying to remember what role exactly that played, and, but that was a step along the process. I mean, all of everything we've seen on House of Cards in the first two seasons was a step to getting Frank to be president. Yeah, that, but real, real drop the mic moment from Claire. Yeah, and then the episode ends with Frank uh, breaking the fourth wall and the uh, what are you looking at? Yeah, a little bit of disdain for the audience. Yes, don't give me disdain, Frank. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was on your side. Yeah, all I did was hit play, Frank. I didn't do anything else. Yeah. Don't get mad at me. You know, when Frank says it takes courage to keep your mouth shut and all this time we see Frank always opening his mouth to the audience and breaking the fourth wall to us. Is there some tie there that he's not keeping his mouth shut with us and uh, maybe he's not as courageous as he thinks? I don't know. I think we're a figment of his imagination. I, I don't think that that's I mean, I can daydream that I'm like, you know, saying whatever to who to whomever. But I don't think that that's so much. I didn't keep my mouth shut. Like, unless it's like the kind of thing, like what we talked about, where is Frank actually insane? And is he saying the things that uh, when when he's looking at the camera that <laughs> other people are hearing, uh, like what happened with Jacobs uh, earlier in the season? Yeah. Or, you know, is I was thinking about that scene when when this happened and I was kind of thinking about all of this after the episode was the scene when Jacobs might have heard him say something. Is it not that he's insane and sometimes he and that he's talking when he when he's speaking to the audience? But is he starting to kind of blur that and he thinks that it's in his head, but sometimes he's actually saying these things out loud. I don't know. I don't think he's that troubled. Like, I think Frank Underwood has a lot of issues, but I don't think that he's losing his sanity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think he's I don't think he's going insane. I just wonder is is uh, 
is his breaking the fourth wall actually going to become part of the storytelling at some point? I don't know. What do you think was in the statement? I really wanted to hear what Petrov wrote for Underwood to read. Yeah, I I, I mean, I think it was just kind of generic prepared statements like swallowing his pride and saying, you know, we don't we don't uh, stand up for for somebody speaking out in in Russia and breaking Russia's laws. Mm -hmm. Probably something like I mean, it's 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 Frank has taken the bullet for this one. How do you think the U.S. press is going to handle this issue? I mean, I think, you know, there would have been there would have been normal stories about it. There would have been people diving a little bit deeper. But now that the first lady says I was in there and he used my scarf, I mean, there's going to be a lot more investigation into what role she played. I mean, could you imagine like if this was real, like there was some like um, Corrigan's an American citizen, right? Yeah. Okay. so. He's a, he's an American citizen, but he's in Moscow and he's protesting stuff and and he gets arrested by Putin and he's held there. And, you know, Obama and Michelle Obama go to go to Russia. And then Michelle again, Michelle Obama is not the ambassador to the U.N., but, you know, Michelle Obama stays you know in the room with the guy. And then like the guy ends up hanging himself with Michelle Obama's scarf. Um, I feel like this would be a huge story. And then Michelle Obama like tells off Putin like at a press conference. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've seen some pretty crazy things happen on this show that if they ever happen in real life would really just set everything off. Yeah. But you know, this, this was one of the, one of the ones that would really make big headlines. Uh, Yeah. Two, two questions about that. One, where was the secret service? Again, we've asked that a lot this season. Like they're never with secret service agents. Yeah. Yeah. You would think that they would have somebody at least nearby of like standing outside the door. Yeah. Um, unless they thought that they were going to have like some sort of like Michael Corrigan, like they were going to try to free him out of jail, like some uh, like Shawshank Redemption type stuff. I guess. I don't know. I just, you know, I, I, I think that if this ever happened, if Michelle Obama ever spent the night in a jail cell in <laughs> Russia, with an American hostage, like there would probably be a secret service agent in the cell with her. You, you would think so. I mean, even like, let's say hypothetically, like Hillary Clinton did this as when she was secretary of state. Um, and this happened on her watch. They they would be, you know, coming after her. Like there was no tomorrow. Yeah. Um, let's just, uh, touch on where we think this is going. Let's start with the, uh, Underwood relationship. How do you think that the Underwoods can patch this up or is this going to be a season long uh, possible feud? And could we see even a divorce or separation? Uh, I don't think we'll see a divorce. We could see and they're already kind of separated. They're not sleeping in the same room. Um, And I think this this rift between them continues to grow at this point. I mean, she really she really cut deep on Frank with that, you know, making him president comment. Yeah, uh, this this scene, their fight reminded me of uh, the fight in Breaking Bad between Walter White and Skyler in the bedroom. Yeah, um, this was really probably the biggest fight we've ever seen uh, the Underwoods have, right? Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, I really don't understand why Claire is so anti Frank this season. I mean, I think she has had a taste of power. He's gotten what he wanted. She's ready to get what she wants. She wants the power now. Yeah, it's almost like she is using frank underwood yeah she's in a position now where she can push her career forward and and also no matter what frank's career is is under a limited amount of time now even if he is reelected, it's still only four more years yeah unless claire becomes president and then he could be the first husband i think it's the first gentleman first gentleman yeah but that would be good that would be a uh if house of cards stays on the air for like 12 more seasons 
uh, that Claire <laughs> yeah. Underwood should be president next. Oh, yeah. Do you think Frank would want some job where he has a bunch of, you know, like, like being the ambassador to the UN? Yes. Or do you think he would just sit around playing video games? Mm, no, I think he'd like to do something. Yeah. Like to do something. Um, all right. So how, how far do you think that this rift is going to go? I mean, it's going to go through this season. Um, they're going to have to, for appearances, you know, hold each other's hands when they're out in public. And, and Claire is even more going to be in this role where she can't get out of this marriage that she's in. Um, she's, you know, a prisoner of this marriage, kind of, uh, because he's the president. You can't really divorce the president. Yeah. Man, could you imagine a divorce in the White House? Well, didn't Walker, wasn't Walker and his wife having problems last year and they were seeing a marriage counselor? Yes. And that was like a whole big deal that it was like, it's not a marriage counselor. He's a pastor. Yeah, they got pastored. They they definitely did. And so that would be a whole whole big thing. But in this White House, like, I mean, if Frank Underwood and uh, Claire Underwood were having, you know, marital problems, that would be like the 13th biggest scandal happening in this White House. Yeah, but there, I mean, nobody's going to know outside of them. I mean, think of all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes with Frank that the American public doesn't know. He's just this guy who creates a jobs bill and uh, gets everybody back to work in D.C. Yeah. Um, Now, I could definitely uh, see that being part of what's going on here. Um, Let's go ahead and segue into uh, some of the other stuff that happened in this episode. And a big episode for Lavin. Oh, man. Or, Or is it Lax now? Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, here's Gavin in under his new identity, Max, and, uh, he's really going to push things to the max here by not only befriending Lisa, but then coming up with the story that he has AIDS. I mean, that seems like really bad (laughs) karma to me. Yeah, boy. You don't want to lie about that. Like, don't you feel like he could have gotten to the same exact point without, the I have AIDS uh, storyline. I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it, I guess it worked. I mean, he got the information he was looking for, but um, I, and I had no idea where he was going with all of this. Yeah, but I just feel like, oh, my cat died. Oh, I'm so sad. Um, yeah, and like I feel like we could have gotten here without the you know elaborate you know I'm HIV positive uh, story. Yeah, but Gavin is kind of a nuts guy. I mean, he's 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 crazy and he's. He seems very intense. So, so going to the extreme seems like something he really wants to do. Yeah, he's intense, and he ends up sort of picking Lisa's brain about like, so, like, where did, where would you go if you could go anywhere? Uh, it talks about how, oh, me and Rachel used to fantasize in bed. Where we would go, Zach? Where do you fantasize uh, you would go when you're in bed? Oh man, uh, Mars. Mars. Yeah, Mars sounds fun. Yeah, boy, I saw Interstellar. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, Hmm. What about you? Probably like yogurt land. <laughs> yogurt land. Yeah. With all the toppings. Yeah. That's but it. like where they don't have a scale so you can just get unlimited oh, toppings. Oh, that would for be it. good. That would be yeah. good. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> you just want to stay in your studio. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I would be okay with like, you know, just people, nobody bothering me. That would be, <laughs> that would be fine. <laughs> that would be, that would be more ideal. But uh, so that being said, Gavin is closing in on the whereabouts of Rachel. Seemingly. Yeah. I mean, you know, we might finally get her. I'll be so excited to see her on TV because, you know, I thought she was going to be around like three episodes ago. I mean, it's episode six. It's done now. What's the countdown on Rachel? Will we see her in the next three episodes? I would say next three. Yeah. So we've got to see her at some point before it's the very end of the season. Yeah. But 
I just still don't know. Like, are, when we find her, is it that is Doug going to try to rekindle the relationship, or is he does he want to kill her? And if so, doesn't that benefit Frank Underwood? That if Rachel was just off the grid, it also seems like. I mean, who cares about Rachel at this point? Like, there's so much other stuff going on. Yeah. It seems like Doug is in a good position. I mean, what? I don't know. What's the point? And it seems like Dunbar is doing pretty well. Yeah, so, she's doing great. And Doug's doing a great job for her. Yeah. So, I I mean, I don't know. Do you even think Doug is telling Gavin to keep going? Do you think Gavin's just like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing this. This is my mission. And yeah, then, I don't think anybody's, like, talked to Gavin and told him to not do that. Yeah. And, and Gavin went deep undercover. I mean, he's, like, setting up a clothing drive. Um, I mean, he's just really... I don't know, because you could tell they've they've clearly spent a lot of time together. It's not just like seeing each other at the fellowship once or twice. You know, I don't even remember, like, what is the dirt that Rachel has that Frank Underwood hired a prostitute for Pete Russo? Yeah. I mean, at the, again, would that ra- crack the top 25 scandals of the Underwood administration at this point? I mean, we're, we're a couple of years away from <laughs> Pete Russo dying. <laughs> I think it's just that she represents this loose thread. I guess so. But there are way looser threads going on right now. Yeah. Again, I don't know. But, you know, Gavin doesn't know all this. All Gavin knows is that he wants his passport, uh, you know, back and so he can use it back enabled. Yeah. So uh, we'll see exactly uh, what ends up happening with uh, the Rachel storyline and uh, what goes on. Now, speaking of Doug's love life, do you think is Doug getting something going on with the physical therapist? Oh, for sure. I thought he was going to ask her out this episode. I thought she was going to ask him out. Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely some flirting and um, I mean, she she's been she's been helping stretch out his legs for for months now. Whoa, so it's natural. So where do you think that's going? The Doug and the physical therapist storyline? I mean, I was expecting him just to kind of like get obsessed with her like he did with Rachel. I mean, I, I, are they ever going to point out the fact that she looks exactly like Rachel? She really does. And like to the point where it's like, is she a figment of his imagination? Does she? Like, look totally different. Or is she Rachel? Oh, She's boy. been under Doug's nose this whole time. He had no idea. Deep undercover. Yeah. Yeah, but boy, she's really into uh, Doug. Yeah. I guess that she, he seems powerful. I mean, he's, he's addicted to his phone. He's obsessed with his phone. Yeah, not, not on my watch. <laughs> I don't think yeah, so. she's the boss. What did she say? She said she's the boss now, I think. Yeah. So uh, where do we think we pick up the story from here? Do we go back on the the campaign trail to just Dunbar just having a field day with all this stuff? I mean, Dunbar is getting support from all over. She's got Rinkowski now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think he's going to be one of the people on her cabinet and uh, or he's going to support her. I, I didn't exactly follow what happened there, but he was the guy who wanted the prison in his state. Yeah, that Doug ended up uh, putting her in contact with. Yeah. So. I mean, do we think that America Works is still firing on all cylinders? Yeah. So I actually noted that Ronkowski said he wanted the prison because he wants jobs in his state, which I think is an effect of America Works. Interesting. I think there's starting to be pressure on places that aren't D.C. to have the kind of employment numbers that D.C. has. Yeah. To try to get some of those jorbs. Yeah. The jorbs. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the novelist. Um, All right. And uh, there was a lot in the beginning of the episode about how they brought the novelist. uh, What's his name? Uh, Thomas. And I don't remember what his last name is. Okay. First name is Thomas. And they brought him all the way to Russia so that he could uh, have some FaceTime with Frank. Yeah. Thomas Yates. That's his name. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, I mean, that's a pretty big business trip for him. And he, all he did really was just talk to Frank on the flight. Like they could have done that over Skype. Yeah. You would think so. They could talk on the phone. And we found out that Frank Underwood's first job was at the cannabis plant. Yeah. As a farmer. Do you think that was a real story or do you think he just made that up? Why would he make that up? I don't know. I mean, you can't really trust anything Frank says. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting that um, they told Claire it was the last chance to see the Northern Lights. And then Frank went right into talking about cannabis. Oh, I didn't even put that together. So I was like, oh, is there going to be like a greater like pot smoking theme to this episode? Oh, yeah. I I did wonder if they were going to smoke when they were sitting there watching the Northern Lights in the beginning of the episode. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to smoke on the airplanes. Yeah, but you're the president of the United States and it's Air Force One. I, I think you can dangerous. do whatever you want. I guess it's not dangerous. That yeah. uh, it's more like a secondhand smoke type thing. Yeah. Okay. I think I think they can do whatever they want. So where do we think that the book is going? The propaganda uh, storybook. I mean, to me, it just seems like he's going to just keep interviewing him. But I hope it gets a little bit more interesting than that. Yeah. Do you think that where this is going is that the he's going to go back and I mean, he's like, tell me about your time at the Citadel. Do you think that we get to the loose thread of the, you know, uh, guy that Frank had the thing with? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was where they got right before he went away. So maybe we're going to start hearing some of the some of the little college stories again. And, you know, it would make some sense. I think that we have had a lot of uh, Chekhov's gay rights issues uh, this season between Michael Corrigan and between, uh, you know, being asked in the press conference about uh, what's your stance on on gay rights issues. Um, So maybe that's the thing. But again, you know, that President Underwood is gay. Uh, Again, is that with that or has has had, you know, gay tendencies? Um, Does that crack the top 10 of scandals at the White House right now? Does that endear him more to the public? I think maybe that helps him. I think it's like, hey. I am like uh, I am, you know, uh, a, a man with, uh, you know, I've I've done everything. Yeah, he is a equal opportunity employer. Yeah, maybe he's got. Maybe he's going to divorce Claire and say, "Hey, I've decided that," and and people would love him. People would embrace him. Yeah, or maybe this is how Claire gets out of the marriage. <laughs> yes. She says, "I." She says, "Yeah," and she says, "He's no longer. He's no longer attracted to me." Yeah. Wow. And I feel like that would help her also as she'd be like a, a woman jilted. Yeah. Wow. So Frank I, Underwood, this is uh, let's go. We'll go to the mat with this plan. Uh, Frank Underwood needs to come out. All right. Come on out, Frank. Yeah, uh, this would be huge. Could you yeah. imagine? I mean, this would be like Michael Sam times uh, infinity. Yeah. Well, and with as much support as he would get, you know, there would still be a lot of people who are opposed to this. So. Sure, but um, I think that he would really galvanize the the left. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think he would. I think overall it would be a net win for him, but he's going to have opposition as a result of it. Yeah, yeah, that's but. good. And, and if anybody comes out against me, against him, he can, uh, you know, call them out for, you know, they're being homophobic to him. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, What's that's, the matter? I, You're afraid of having a gay president? It's 2016. Spin it right around. Yeah. I think this is I think this is the best plan that Frank Underwood can come up with at this point. And he hasn't even thought of it yet. <laughs> he hasn't even thought of it yet. Uh yeah. And you know, and then get and you know who he should marry? Who? Michael Corrigan's ex. Oh, he's single now. Jonathan. Jo- Jonathan Underwood. Yeah, because Claire related to Michael, um, so that Jonathan is probably more simpatico with Frank. So is the hashtag for tonight's episode Fronathan? Fronathan? Sure. 
Is, is it Franathin? It's, it's probably spelled more Franathin, right? Franathin? Yeah. All right. Because, yeah, the other way, you can't do it the other way. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um, no, I think, <laughs> well, it would, what, junk? Junk. Junk. <laughs> J-O-N-K. Junk. <laughs> Whatever you prefer, whatever celebrity couple you name. Uh, yeah. But boy, Frank Underwood could really be, he could steal this 2016 campaign. America Works could be a total bust. That's one thing I'm really excited for this second half of the season is we're really going to start seeing the re-election stuff starting to pick up. Dunbar seems like she's doing well. Uh, we haven't heard what Frank's approval numbers are in a while, but I'm assuming they're not much better than they were. So I think uh, it's pretty exciting to see what what are the stops that Frank is going to pull out to get public support behind him. Yeah, and it will also be interesting to see how big of a time jump we have between episodes here because it's almost like I feel like this was probably the shortest amount of time between two episodes between they started the last episode like we're going to Russia and then in this episode it was like, okay, we're on our way to Russia. So I feel like there couldn't have been more than, you know, a few days since the last episode. So I wonder if when we come back, will there be longer amount of time or will we stay in this sort of like smaller period of time where Frank and Claire are still fighting? Yeah, I, we really didn't get any hints to how far, uh, how much time has passed. The only hint we got was that it's still summertime because of the scene with Gavin. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, jump into our House of Cards email inbox. Of course, you can send in your emails at House of Cards at post show recaps. Uh, put the chapter title in the subject of the email. And uh, I've got an email here from Johnny DeSilvera. All right. He wants to know about. Uh, Michael Corrigan. Uh, I don't think Michael Corrigan will be the only death this season. Over under two and a half uh, for characters who don't survive this season. Okay, so I don't know. Does Michael Corrigan count as a major player? Yeah, I think so. He's not a major character, but he's a major player. Major player. Um, How many more major players will die in the next seven episodes? I don't know. I mean, he said maybe two, I would think. Two. I don't think we're getting a lot. Hmm. I'll take the we, over. We didn't get very many in the last season. Besides Zoe Barnes, we didn't really have any other big deaths that I can think of. Well, all right. We Rachel is happening. Yeah. Uh, either Rachel is happening or Doug is happening. One or the other. Yeah, they already faked the Doug death. I don't think I don't think Doug's dying this season. Yeah. Okay. So we got too much to do. Gotta have Rachel. And then I feel like uh, there's gonna be somebody else along the way we gotta put a hit on. Yeah, like somebody in in the government in the um, you know, somebody who works directly with Frank in the White House, maybe it might have to be Doug. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to see that happen. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure there's got to be some somebody else. I'll, I'll say three. I'll give me the over. Petrov. Boy, uh, we're going to kill the Russian prime minister, <laughs> a president. Uh, yeah. That's that's tough. That's uh, that's like World War three inducing type stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it just seems like there's a lot. Of, I mean, we're under so many international tensions right now on this show. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if they would do a war storyline, but maybe Meacham like takes a bullet for Frank. <laughs> that would be that would be uh, quite the scene. It'd be very uh, the Clint Eastwood movie in the line of fire. Yeah. Very in the line of fire. Okay. Uh, any other emails for this episode? Uh, we got a couple about other episodes, uh, but they kind of still apply about previous episodes. Okay, go for it. Um, so Jason Reed wrote in and said, don't you guys think Frank should be more concerned that Rachel is still out there? She seems like a real loose end and he doesn't really seem to be do- devoting any actual resources to finding her. Nobody cares about Rachel. Like there is a front page story written about front Frank Underwood every single day. Rachel wouldn't even make it on the front page. 
Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. What are they? What are they going to write? That she was a prostitute and she was hired by Frank Underwood. I'm sure he's not the only politician hiring a prostitute in this world. Yeah, that oh, Frank, uh, Congressman Underwood at the time he got you know uh, Pete Russo drunk. Ooh, he <laughs> he just took all the money from FEMA. Yeah, that's a little bit bigger. There's about to be a hurricane. There's about to be a hurricane. Uh, his wife was like in a room where a guy killed himself. His wife just told off the Russian president. Um, I mean, there's like a uh, hundred things going on right now. Well, we got another email relating to Rachel as well. It's a crazy theory. Yeah. Okay. So this is from Jason Johnson. And he says, crazy theory of mine. Could it be that Frank is actually hiding Rachel and that he has had her and has her to try to take out Doug after Doug started getting sloppy last season? Mm, I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Not, I'm not buying that one. I, I, that's a little, <laughs> little too far fetched for me. Yeah, I'll buy that. Claire uh, wanted Michael Corrigan to kill himself uh, before uh, we get into Frank was secretly working with Rachel. Do you buy that? Her scarf was that strong? No. Okay. Me neither. <laughs> no, I do not. Uh, but yeah. Michael Corrigan was not eating, so he was actually very light. Yeah. Well, he's always been skinny. Yeah. I mean, it's a good point, though, about the mechanics of this hanging. Because from what I understand, and not that I've done this kind of research, because I certainly have not. Um, but, you know, when you have a hanging, like, you got to, like, um, you know, if your neck doesn't break, it's like kind of like a violent death like you're just like gonna die from being like strangled um mm -hmm. and you would think that that would be noisy right yeah. uh like it'd be one thing if like michael corrigan just like and, like his neck snaps and then he dies instantly but if he's like you know like uh, there was a scene on the sopranos where there's a good illustration of this um but if you're just like you know it's gonna take you like two three minutes to like be flailing there um, you know, boy, I mean, it's not like she's sleeping in like uh, some sort of like Tempur-Pedic, like amazing bed. She's in a Russian jail cell. Yeah, but you get the sense she hasn't slept in a while. She didn't sleep on the plane over at all. Um, so maybe she's just really tired or maybe she was involved. <laughs> she was pretending she was sleeping the whole time. Yeah. She's like, oh, this is probably a good move for me. Yeah, but I feel like uh, she's probably like wake up and like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, uh, and not just be like sleeping through the whole thing. I, don't know. I mean, he, he would be he'd be kind of banging around a little bit. Yeah, I think so. All right. So uh, we won't worry too much about that. Episode six, chapter 32 uh, is behind us now. And Zach, when we come back in episode seven, we'll be past the halfway mark of chapter th of season three. Yeah, that's a uh, that's pretty crazy. We're going to be in the back half, the back half. All going right. So going so fast. All right. Uh, what the, you want your hashtag uh, Franathan? Or Franathan. Franathan or Jonk. J-O-N-K. Jonk. We'll see. We'll do a little poll. We'll see what people prefer. Either way. Either way. All right. Follow Zach Brooks on Twitter. You can send him your questions as well. He is at Brooks ZA. I am at Rob Sesternino. Uh, We are looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say in the comments. And we'll be back with chapter 33. Can you believe it? Coming up in our next episode of the House of Cards Recap. Take care, everybody. Bye.